Act One of the Two Noble Kinsmen by William Shakespeare and John Fletcher. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Two Noble Kinsmen by William Shakespeare and John Fletcher. Characters First Queen and Nell. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Second Queen and Waiting Woman. Read by Beth Thomas. Third Queen and Taborer. Read by Charlotte Duckett. Theseus. Read by Bruce Peary. Hippolyta. Read by Libby Gone. Amelia. Read by Amanda Friday. Perithous. Read by Todd. Palamon. Read by David Nichol. Archite. Read by M. B. Valerius, Bavian, and First Friend. Read by Patty Cunningham. Harold, and Messenger. Read by Tavarish. Jailer. Read by Algy Pug. Wooer. Read by Eden Rayhedrick. Jailer's Daughter. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. First Countryman, Gentleman, and Doctor. Read by Lambda. Second Countryman, and Second Friend. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Third Countryman, Jailer's Brother, Servant, and Third Knight. Read by Brett Downey. Fourth Countryman, and First Knight. Read by Anna Simon. Gerald, and Second Knight. Read by Alan Lapstone. And narrated by Elizabeth Clatt. Prologue New plays and maidenheads are near akin. Much followed both, for both much money gin. If they stand sound and well, and a good play whose modest scenes blush on his marriage day, and shake to lose his honour, is like her, that after holy tie and first night stir, yet still is modesty, and still retains more of the maid to sight than husband's pains. We pray our play may be so, for I'm sure it has a noble breeder and a pure, a learned and a poet never went more famous yet twixt Poe and Silver Trent. Chaucer of all admired the story gives, there constant to eternity it lives. If we let fall the nobleness of this, and the first sound this child hear be a hiss, how will it shake the bones of that good man, and make him cry from underground, O oh, fan from me the witless chaff of such a writer that blasts my bays, and my famed works makes lighter than Robin Hood. This is the fear we bring. For to say truth, it were an endless thing, and too ambitious to aspire to him. Weak as we are, and almost breathless, swim in this deep water. Do but you hold out your helping hands, and we shall tack about, and something do to save us. You shall hear scenes, though below his art, may yet appear worth two hours' travail. To his bones sweet sleep, content to you. If this play do not keep a little dull time from us, we perceive our losses fall so thick, we needs must leave. Act One, Scene One, Athens, Before a Temple Enter Hymen with a torch burning, a boy in a white robe, before, singing and strewing flowers. After Hymen a nymph, encompassed in her tresses, bearing a wheaten garland. 
then Theseus, between two other nymphs with wheaten chaplets on their heads, then Hippolyta the bride, led by Perithous, and another holding a garland over her head, her tresses likewise hanging. After her Amelia, holding up her train, Artesius and attendants. Music The Song Roses, their sharp spines being gone, not royal in their smells alone, but in their hue, maiden pinks of odour faint, daisies smell-less, yet most quaint, and sweet time true. Primrose, first-born child of Ver, Mary springtime's harbinger, with her bells dim, oxlips in their cradles growing, marigolds on their death-beds blowing, lark-heels trim. All dear nature's children sweet, lie for bride and bridegroom's feet, blessing their sense. Not an angel of the air, bird melodious or bird fair, be absent hence. The crow, the slanderous cuckoo, nor the boding raven, nor chuff whore, nor chattering pie, may on our bride-house perch or sing, or with them any discord bring, but from it fly. Enter three queens in black with veils, stained, and with imperial crowns. The first queen falls down at the foot of Theseus, the second falls down at the foot of Hippolyta, the third before Emilia. For pity's sake and true gentilities, hear and respect me. For your mother's sake, and as you wish yourself may thrive with fair ones, hear and respect me. Now for the love of him whom Jove hath marked, the honour of your bed, and for the sake of clear virginity, be advocates for us our distresses. This good deed shall raise you out of the book of trespasses. All you are set down there. Sad lady, rise. Stand up. No knees to me. What woman I may see that is distressed does bind me to her. What's your request? Deliver you for all. We are three queens, whose sovereigns fell before the wrath of cruel Creon, who endure the beaks of ravens, talons of the kites, and pecks of crows in the foul fields of Thebes. He will not suffer us to burn their bones, to earn their ashes, nor to take the offence of mortal loathsomeness from the blessed eye of holy Phoebus, but infects the winds with stench of our slain lords. O oh, pity, Duke! Thou perjurer of the earth, draw thy feared sword that does good turns to the world. Give us the bones of our dead kings, that we may chapel them. And of thy boundless goodness, take some note that for our crowned heads we have no roof save this, which is the lions and the bears, and vaults to everything. Pray you, kneel not. I was transported with your speech, and suffered your knees to wrong themselves. I have heard the fortunes of your dead lords, which gives me such lamenting as wakes my vengeance and revenge for em. King Capaneus was your lord. The day that he should marry you, at such a season as now it is with me, I met your groom by Mars's altar. You were at that time fair, not Juno's mantle fairer than your tresses, nor in more bounty spread her. Your wheaten wreath was then nor threshed nor blasted fortune at you dimpled her cheek with smiles hercules our kinsman then weaker than your eyes laid by his club he tumbled down upon his nemean hide and swore his sinews thawed oh grief and time fearful consumers you will all devour oh i hope some god 
Some God hath put his mercy in your manhood, whereto he'll infuse power and press you forth our undertaker. Oh, no knees, none, widow. Unto the helmeted Bologna use them, and pray for me, your soldier. Troubled I am. Turns away. Honoured Hippolyta, most dreaded Amazonian that has slain the scythe-tusked boar, that with thy arm as strong as it is white, was near to make the male to thy sex captive, but that this thy lord, born to uphold creation in that honour first nature styled it in, shrunk thee into the bound thou wast overflowing, at once subduing thy force and thy affection, soldieress, that equally canst poise sternness with pity, who now, I know, hast much more power on him than e'er he had on thee, who owest his strength and his love too, who is a servant for the tenor of thy speech dear glass of ladies bid him that we whom flaming war doth scorch under the shadow of his sword may cool us require him he advance it o'er our heads speak it in a woman's key like such a woman as any of us three weep ere you fail lend us a knee but touch the ground for us no longer time than a dove's motion when the head is plucked off tell him if he in the blood-sized field lay swollen showing the sun his teeth grinning at the moon what you would do poor lady say no more i had as lief trace this good action with you as that whereto i'm going and ne'er yet went i so willing way my lord is taken heart deep with your distress let him consider i'll speak anon kneels to amelia oh my petition was set down in ice which by hot grief and candides melts into drops so sorrow wanting form is pressed with deeper matter pray stand up your grief is written in your cheek oh woe you cannot read it there there through my tears like wrinkled pebbles in a glassy stream you may behold them lady lady alack he that will all the treasure know of the earth must come to the centre too he that will fish for the least minnow let him lead his line to catch one at my heart oh pardon me extremities that sharp and sundry wits make me a fool pray you say nothing pray you who cannot feel nor see the rain being int knows neither wet nor dry if that you were the ground-piece of some painter i would buy you to instruct me against a capital grief indeed such heart-pierced demonstration but alas being a natural sister of our sex your sorrow beats so ardently upon me that it shall make a counter-reflect against my brother's heart and warm it to some pity though it were made of stone pray have good comfort forward to the temple leave not out a jot of the sacred ceremony oh this celebration will longer last and be more costly than your suppliant's war remember that your fame knolls in the ear of the world what you do quickly is not done rashly your first thought is more than others laboured meditants your premeditating more than their actions but o oh, jove your actions soon as they move as ospreys do the fish subdue before they touch think dear duke think what beds our slain kings have what griefs our beds that our dear lords have none none fit for the deeds those that with cords knives drums precipitants weary of this world's light have to themselves been death's most horrid agents human grace affords them dust and shadow but our lords lie blistering for the visitating sun and were good kings when living it is true and i will give you comfort to give your dead lords graves the which to do must make some work with creon and that work now presents itself to the doing 
now it will take form. The heats are gone to-morrow. Then bootless toil must recompense itself with its own sweat. Now he's secure. Not dreams we stand before your puissance, rinsing our holy begging in our eyes to make petition clear. Now you may take him drunk with his victory. And his army full of bread and sloth. Martesius, that best knowest how to draw out, fit to this enterprise, the primest for this proceeding, and the number to carry such a business, forth and levy our worthiest instruments, whilst we dispatch this grand act of our life, this daring deed of fate in wedlock. Dowagers, take hands. Let us be widows to our woes. Delay commends us to a famishing hope. Farewell. Farewell we come unseasonably but when could grief call forth as unpanged judgment can fittest time for best solicitation why good ladies this is a service whereto i am going greater than any war it more imports me than all the actions that i have foregone or futurely can cope the more proclaiming our suit shall be neglected when her arms able to lock jove from a synod shall by warranting moonlight corslet thee O, oh, when her twinning cherries shall their sweetness fall upon thy tasteful lips, what wilt thou think of rotten kings or blubbered queens? What care for what thou feelest not, what thou feelest being able to make Mars spurn his drum? O, oh, if thou couch but one night with her, every hour in it will take hostage of thee for a hundred, and thou shalt remember nothing more than what that banquet bids thee to. Hippolyta, kneeling to Theseus. Though much unlike, you should be so transported, as much sorry I should be such a suitor. Yet I think, did I not by the abstaining of my joy, which breeds a deeper longing, cure their surfeit that craves a present medicine, I should pluck all lady scandal on me. Therefore, sir, as I shall here make trial of my prayers, either presuming them to have some force, or sentencing for I their vigour dumb, Prorogue this business we are going about, and hang your shield afore your heart, about that neck which is my fee, and which I freely lend to do these poor queens service. Oh, oh help, help now. now! To Amelia, our, our cause cries for your knee. Amelia, kneeling to Theseus. If you grant not my sister her petition, in that force, with that celerity in nature, which she makes it in, from henceforth I'll not dare to ask you anything nor be so hardy ever to take a husband pray stand up hippolyta and amelia rise i am entreating of myself to do that which you kneel to have me perithous lead on the bride get you and pray the gods for success and return omit not anything in the pretended celebration queens follow your soldier as before hence you to artesius and at the banks of Aulus meet us with the forces you can raise, where we shall find the moiety of a number for a business more bigger looked. To Hippolyta. Since that our theme is haste, I stamp this kiss upon thy current lip. Sweet, keep it as my token. To Artesius. Set you forward, for I will see you gone. Exit Artesius. Farewell, my beauteous sister. Perithous, keep the feast full, bait not an hour on it. Sir i'll follow you at heels the feast solemnity shall want to your return cousin i charge you budge not from athens we shall be returning ere you can end this feast of which i pray you make no abatement once more farewell all hippolyta amelia perithous hymen boy 
nymphs and attendants enter the temple. Thus dost thou still make good the tongue of the world, and earnest a deity equal with Mars. If not above him, for thou, being but mortal, makest affections bend to godlike honours, they themselves say, grown under such a mastery. As we are men, thus should we do. Being sensually subdued, we lose our human title. Good cheer, ladies. Now turn we towards your comforts. Flourish. Exeunt. Scene two. Thebes, the court of the palace. Enter Palamon and Archite. Dear Palamon, dearer in love than blood, and our prime cousin, yet unhardened in the crimes of nature, let us leave the city, Thebes, and the temptings in before we further sully our gloss of youth and here to keep in abstinence we shame as in incontinence for not to swim in the aid of the current were almost to sink at least to frustrate striving and to follow the common stream would bring us to an eddy where we should turn or drown if labour through our gain but life and weakness your advice is cried up with example what strange ruins since first we went to school may we perceive walking in Thebes? Scars and bare weeds the gain of the marshalist, who did propound to his bold ends honour and golden ingots, which, though he won, he had not, and now flirted by peace for whom he fought. Who then shall offer to Mars's so scorned altar? I do bleed when such I meet, and wish great Juno would resume her ancient fit of jealousy to get the soldier work that peace might purge for her repletion, and retain anew her charitable heart, now hard and harsher than strife or war could be. Are you not out? I mean, do you know ruin but the soldier in the cranks and turns of Thebes? You did begin as if you met decays of many kinds. Perceive you none that do arouse your pity but the unconsidered soldier? Yes, I pity decays where'er I find them but such most that sweating in an honourable toil are paid with ice to cool em tis not this i did begin to speak of this is virtue of no respect in thebes i speak of thebes how dangerous if we will keep our honours it is for our residing where every evil hath a good colour where every seeming good's a certain evil where not to be even jump as they are here were to be strangers and such things to be mere monsters it is in our power, unless we fear that apes can tutor us, to be masters of our manners. What need I affect another's gait, which is not catching where there is faith, or to be fond upon another's way of speech, when by mine own I may be reasonably conceived, saved too, speaking it truly? Why am I bound by any generous bond to follow him follows his tailor, happily so long until the followed make pursuit? Or let me know why mine own barber is unblessed, with him my poor chin, too, for tis not scissored just to such a favourite's glass. What canon is there that does command my rapier from my hip to dangle it in my hand, or to go tiptoe before the street be foul? Either I am the forehorse in the team, or I am none that draw in the sequent trace. These poor slight sores need not a plantain. That which rips my bosom almost to the heart's— Our Uncle Creon. He, a most unbounded tyrant, whose successes makes heaven unfeared, and villainy assured beyond its power there's nothing, almost puts faith in a fever, and deifies alone voluble chance. 
who only attributes the faculties of other instruments to his own nerves and act, commands men's service, and what they win in't, boot and glory, one that fears not to do harm, good dares not. Let the blood of mine that sib to him be sucked from me with leeches, let them break and fall off me with that corruption. Clear-spirited cousin, let's leave his court, that we may nothing share of his loud infamy. For our milk will relish of the pasture, and we must be vile or disobedient, not his kinsman in blood, unless in quality. Nothing truer. I think the echoes of his shames have deafed the ears of heavenly justice. Widows' cries descend again into their throats and have not due audience of the gods. Valerius. Enter Valerius. The king calls for you. Yet be leaden-footed till his great rage be off him. Phoebus, when he broke his whipstock and exclaimed against the horses of the sun, but whispered to the loudness of his fury. Small winds shake him. But what's the matter? Theseus, who, where he threats, appalls, hath sent deadly defiance to him, and pronounces ruin to Thebes, who is at hand to seal the promise of his wrath. Let him approach. But that we fear the gods in him, he brings not a jot of terror to us. Yet what man thirds his own worth? The case in each of ours, when that his actions dragged with mind assured, tis bad he goes about. Leave that unreasoned. Our services stand now for Thebes, not Creon. Yet to be neutral to him were dishonour, rebellious to oppose. Therefore we must with him stand to the mercy of our fate who hath bounded our last minute. So we must. Is't said some wars afoot? Or it shall be, on fail of some condition? Tis in motion. The intelligence of state came in the instant with the defier. Let's to the king, who, were he a quarter-carrier of that honour which his enemy comes in, the blood we venture should be as for our health, which were not spent, rather laid out for purchase. But alas, our hands advance before our hearts. What will the fall of the stroke do damage? Let the event, that never-erring arbitrator, tell us when we know all ourselves, and let us follow the becking of our chance. Exeunt. Scene three, before the gates of Athens. Enter Perithuis, Hippolyta, and Amelia. No further. Sir, farewell. Repeat my wishes to our great lord, of whose success I dare not make any timorous question. Yet I wish him excess and overflow of power, and might be to dare ill-dealing fortune. Speed to him. Store never hurts good governors. Though I know his ocean needs not my poor drops, yet they must yield their tribute there. My precious maid, those best affections that the heavens infuse in their best-tempered pieces, keep enthroned in your dear heart. Thanks, sir. Remember me to our all-royal brother, for whose speed the great Bologna I'll solicit. And since, in our terrene state, petitions are not without gifts understood, I'll offer to her what I shall be advised she likes, our hearts are in his army, in his tent. In his bosom. We have been soldiers, and we cannot weep when our friends don their helms or put to sea, or tell of babes broached on the lance, or women that have sawed their infants in and after eat them, the brine they weep at killing them. Then if you stay to see us such spinsters, we should hold you here forever. 
peace be to you as I pursue this war, which shall be then beyond further requiring. Exit. How his longing follows his friend, since his depart his sports, though craving seriousness and skill, pass lightly his careless execution, where nor gain made him regard, or loss consider, but playing one business in his hand, another directing in his head, his mind nurse equal to these so differing twins. Have you observed him since our great lord departed? With much labour, and I did love him for it. They too have cabined in many as dangerous as poor a corner, peril and want contending. They have skiffed torrents whose roaring tyranny and power in the least of these was dreadful, and they have fought out together, yet fate hath brought them off. Their knot of love, tied, weaved, entangled with so true, so long, and with a finger of so deep a cunning may be outworn, never undone. I think Theseus cannot be umpire to himself, cleaving his conscience into twain, and doing each side like justice, which he loves best. Doubtless there is a best, and reason has no manners to say it is not to you. I was acquainted once with a time when I enjoyed a playfellow. You were at wars when she the grave enriched, who made too proud the bed, took leave o' the moon, which then looked pale at parting, when our count was each eleven. Twas Flavina. Yes, you talk of Perithuus and Theseus's love. Theirs has more ground, is more maturely seasoned, more buckled with strong judgment, and their needs the one of the other may be said to water, their entangled roots of love. But I and she I sigh and spoke of were things innocent. Loved for we did, and like the elements, that know not what, nor why, yet do affect rare issues by their operance. Our souls did so to one another. What she liked was then of me approved, what not, condemned, no more arraignment, the flower that I would pluck and put between my breasts, then but beginning to swell about the blossom. She will long till she had such another, and commit it to the like innocent cradle, where phoenix-like they died in perfume. On my head no toy but was her pattern, her affections, pretty, though happily her careless wear, I followed for my most serious decking. Had mine ear stolen some new air, or at adventure hummed one from musical coinage, why it was a note whereon her spirits would sojourn, rather dwell on, and sing it in her slumbers. This rehearsal, which every innocent wots well, comes in like old importments bastard, has this end, that the true love tween maid and maid may be more than in sex individual. You're out of breath. And this high-speed pace is but to say that you shall never, like the maid Flavina, love any that's called man. I am sure I shall not. Now, alack, weak sister, I must no more believe thee in this point, though in it I know thou dost believe thyself, than I will trust a sickly appetite that loathes even as it longs. Be sure, my sister, if I were ripe for your persuasion, you have said enough to shake me from the arm of the all-noble Theseus for whose fortunes I will now in and kneel, with great assurance that we, more than his Perithuis, possess the high throne in his heart. I'm not against your faith, yet I continue mine. Exeunt. Scene four. A field before Thebes. Cornets. A battle struck within, then a retreat, then a flourish. Then enter Theseus, victor. The three queens meet him, and fall on their faces before him. To thee no star be dark. Both heaven and earth friend thee for ever. All the good that may be wished upon my head, I cry amen to't. 
the impartial gods who from the mounted heavens view us their mortal herd behold who err and in their time chastise go and find out the bones of your dead lords and honour them with treble ceremony rather than a gap should be in their dear rights we would supply it but those we will depute which shall invest you in your dignities and even each thing our haste does leave imperfect so adieu and heaven's good eyes look on you exeunt queens what are those men of great quality as may be judged by their appointment some of thebes have told us they are sisters children nephews to the king by the helm of mars i saw them in the war like to a pair of lions smeared with prey make lanes in troops aghast i fixed my note constantly on them for they were a mark worth a god's view what was it that prisoner told me when i inquired their names we learn they're called archite and palamon tis right those those they are not dead nor in a state of life had they been taken when their last hurts were given twas possible they might have been recovered yet they breathe and have the name of men then like men use em the very lees of such millions of rates exceed the wine of others all our surgeons convent in their behoof our richest bombs rather than niggard waste their lives concern us much more than thebes is worth rather than have em freed of this plight and in their mourning state sound and at liberty i would em dead but forty thousandfold we had rather have em prisoners to us than death bear em speedily from our kind air to them unkind and minister what man to man may do for our sake more since i have known fight's fury friends behests love's provocations zeal a mistress task desire of liberty a fever madness hath set a mark which nature could not reach to without some imposition sickness in will or wrestling strength in reason for our love and great apollo's mercy all our best their best skill tender lead into the city where having bound things scattered we will post to athens for our army flourish exeunt scene five another part of the field enter the queens with the hearses of their husbands in a funeral solemnity etc song urns and odors bring away vapors sighs darken the day our dull more deadly looks than dying balms and gums and heavy cheers sacred vials filled with tears and clamours through the wild air flying come all sad and solemn shows that our quick-eyed pleasures foes we convent naught else but woes we convent naught else but woes this funeral path brings to your household's grave joy seize on you again peace sleep with him and this to yours yours this way heavens lend a thousand differing ways to one sure end this world's a city full of straying streets and death's the market-place where each one meets exeunt severally end of act one